Good morning, Mr. Beale. They tell me you're a madman. Only dizzle to relieve. How are you now? I'm as mad as a hatter. Who is it? I'm going to take you into our conference room. Seems more seemly a setting for what I have to say to you. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you've merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? You get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, min and max solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast 
and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock. All necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. Sixty million people watch you every night of the week, Monday through Friday. Abs in a six-pack. It's Abs and Sixpack episode 133, and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Joined today by the brilliant musician Scott Spaulding, man. And uh, how you doing? How you, how you doing? Hey, hey, man, I'm doing good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Hey, Alex. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alex is the man. Yeah, so... That, Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting character. He's one, um, I haven't listened to him for a while, but I, I did go through a large phase of listening to a lot of his stuff a long time ago. Um, yeah, very interesting man. Someone I'd like to meet. Um, definitely. As uh, Joe Rogan mentioned on one of his podcasts, you know, you've got to get drunk with this man. I think it'd be quite entertaining. In oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he came on uh, for about two minutes on this show just by coincidence a while back and it was uh some it was one of the best two minute chunks i think the show's ever had because <laughs> he just talked about jalapenos Talk, ask, oh, asking right. him questions about jalapenos uh, <laughs> cool yeah. uh, uh, but, so that oh sorry no you're good oh yeah that, just curious, that clip that you just played is that from that network uh yeah, that you mentioned network start? yes yeah and yeah. that's uh yeah. peter finch plays this guy named howard beale he won an Oscar for it, uh, 70s movie, and he he ends up going, he's like the host of a network news show, and it, near the beginning of the movie, he says, uh, he just kind of stops the act, and he because he's about to get fired from the network, because he's an old man now, and they don't want him anymore. He's like, right. live, live on the air, next Tuesday, I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out live on the air. So make sure you tune in for that. <laughs> and uh, it, it, like he starts just ranting about how like the media is full of shit and he starts getting the biggest ratings they've ever had about how the media, the television is lying to you. And before long, they realize like how much money there is in this guy and they, they give him his own like show and it quickly becomes the biggest show ever. And I won't give away the whole the whole plot. Oh, right. but, wow. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely have to watch that. That sounds yeah. interesting. It's very good. It's way ahead of its time for sure. It's the... You might have heard the um, the, the the classic clip that was remixed and and has been played and kind of became a meme of like uh, what's he see he's <laughs> I's, uh, it's like I've what's what's the uh, I'm losing I've, I've just watched the movie and I'm losing what he says he says something along the lines of <laughs> I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore it's like everyone watching right now I want you to get up 
Get away from the TV. Stop watching the TV. Stick your head out your window and go, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that does sound familiar. Yeah. Even part of that clip, it, it, yeah, it rang a yeah. bell. I've, I've maybe come across um, clips on YouTube or something. Yeah, probably. Like, I think a lot of people have taken clips of that, uh, especially the mad as hell part, and, and used them. And I, I know Jamie Deluxe and people like that have kind of repurposed clips from the movie. But yeah, it's a it's a fantastic film, and it's like a, it's a satire of uh, of the complete state of the news media industry and cable news yeah. in general. And uh, I guess, yeah, Anchorman was maybe the satire of <laughs> news media that came later, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, but nice. uh, cool. anyways, yeah, so I've been, I've been catching up on a lot of your music I hadn't heard. And uh, man, there's, uh, I, I'd heard the... Um, Look up, I believe that's the title, the Kim Trail one, and I've heard of maybe five or six other ones. Yeah, but yeah. over over the last couple of days, I've been listening to to your covers and uh, a lot of your instrumental stuff, and the instrumental stuff has really blown me away. It's really good. Oh, cool, thank you very much. Yeah, I do enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I wish I had more time for music. Uh, really, but uh, uh, I do what I can, and uh, it's something. It's uh, it's a, a big passion of mine, really. Um, it's my my escape. No, it's not. It's not. It's not an escape. Wrong, wrong choice of word. Um, it's hard to describe, actually. But it's just it's one of those things when I pick up an instrument uh, and just and just create a sound. It's um, remembering back to when I first started. You know, I, I would I would grab my guitar, uh, a very cheap classical at the time, and just hold the guitar close to me and feel those vibrations running through my body. Um, and even though I never thought consciously about it or anything at that time, you know, I realised the kind of power within that of just creating, creating sound, creating music. It's um, yeah, it's a beautiful feeling. Music is the soul of life, is a um, a phrase I've I've mentioned a few times. Yeah, I'm. I'm no. Yeah. I'm. I wouldn't call myself a musician by any means, but I I play keyboard and drums a little bit, and just uh, just making simple stuff is a huge source of joy for sure. Like that. Uh, oh but, yeah. And you yeah. uh, you've been doing it. I mean, your YouTube channel goes back a decade and a half. How long have you been playing guitar and uh, making music? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I think I was around about ten, eleven uh, when I got my first guitar. Um, I remember we'd not long moved from one place of England to another um, at the time. And for an unknown reason, even though I have no idea why, I just said, I want to learn guitar. Um, and I didn't grow up with music around me. Uh, my musical influences as a kid was whatever was in the cartoons. You know, 80s cartoons rocked. Theme tunes were awesome. <laughs> um, so my my influence was whatever was in the cartoons plus adverts that were on the TV. Uh, Michael Jackson, because it was the 80s, uh, cool music. And Queen and maybe a few other unknown bands that were maybe playing on the radio. Um, and at this stage of my life, I just really felt like I wanted to play guitar. I don't know why. Um, it could be related to what was going on in my life at the time. Uh, I have no idea, but... Um, I remember my, I got taken to a guitar shop, uh, picked up a book called The Complete Guitar Beginner, oh, I can't remember, something like that, by a guy called Russ Shipton, who I have no idea who it is. I've been meaning to Google him forever, but I don't know. And it came with a, 
a little plastic record um records back in the day i'm not sure if any of your younger listeners no, they still exist <laughs> they, they, um, they came back uh, the the records did i i just got a new needle for my record player so i'm excited to go back but um i for a long time when i, I was working in a record store and i got really into vinyls like uh, and i i would i would i must have spent uh i probably spent close to a thousand dollars on vinyl records uh oh wow <laughs> and just just picking up like old ones like i'd go to you know old stores and get the vinyls and and new release albums now because vinyl is making a comeback they they release on pretty much every album that comes out you can get on vinyl nowadays too so oh nice yeah it's a beautiful sound um it's something i'm, I'm fairly ignorant of because uh, as much as i play music and my wife always laughs at this um kind of thing that people don't know me as much as i i play music and i write and create and things i'm not much into the music scene really um i never have been um you know i'll listen to someone and nowadays with youtube you know if i find something as interesting i'll be like oh wow cool and i'll check out you know a few videos from that person and that's the extent of it but as i said you know, i never grew up with much music around me i was too busy um uh, either playing computer games or running around outside with a stick yeah. Building gang huts, um, <laughs> yeah, rolling in the mud, uh, yeah. climbing trees, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I miss those days myself. Yeah, that was me in the nine. I'm a. I was born in '94, so nineties right. yeah, kid. Yeah, I was a, all right, uh, cool. I was just, early '80s. <laughs> uh, but I, I did find it. Quick Google. This might be a complete guitar player books one, two, and three by Russ Shipton. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think it was. Um, when I first put it on, well, I quickly I mentioned before I come to our shipping, but nowadays, you know, uh, yeah, kids would be more inclined to play virtual stick rather than the real stick. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the joystick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Russ Shipton, when the first time that song, the intro song on that record played, I think it was only about 20 or 30 seconds long, I'm not sure, but the first time I heard that, I was just, I was taken. I thought, wow, that's beautiful, just the sound of that, the arpeggios in it and whatever else. I haven't heard it in, oh, I don't know, 10 plus years probably. Um, but yeah, just that intro hooked me straight away. And in this book that I had uh, were songs like Amazing Grace, I knew what that was. Um, leaving on a jet plane, I had no idea what that was. Um, um, what else was there? Um, it taught you arpeggios, um, House of the Rising Sun. That was one of the... Uh, I think I only recognised one, maybe two songs out of this entire book. So I started teaching myself these songs based on what I was reading. Uh, oh, wow. Before you'd uh, ever heard of I was playing, you know... Yeah, oh, yeah, I had no idea. You know, I, I remember um, uh, leaving on a jet plane, you know, I started trying to play that like a rock song, like, you know, da -da -da -da, you know that kind of thing. Um, it wasn't until I heard it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's what it sounds like. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay, sorry, after you. I was just looking at the artists they have on here. Is, um, based on popular songs by Oasis, The Beatles, Eric Clapton, and uh, Van Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl is in there. It's like Clapton. I don't know if like somebody needs to tell Amazon to stop selling this book because Eric Clapton and Van Morrison are canceled. You're not allowed. They're they're both anti-vaxxer, anti-lockdown. You're not allowed to talk about those guys anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't been following it. It just reminds me of uh, the the Neil Young saga recently. I haven't been following it much <laughs> yeah, apart, Neil, apart from what I'm seeing on Twitter. <laughs> Neil Young is the opposite. Yeah. So it, Eric Clapton was injured by the AstraZeneca vaccine. And he couldn't play guitar it, for like it. a, a I, I want to say it was two months or something. He's it kind of paralyzed his hands. And okay. Van Morrison, you know, is him and Clapton have been working together on songs about like questioning the lockdowns and questioning the the media. 
it's it's kind of crazy how the gods of old rock have kind of been cast to the wind as crazy old men now, even though they're, I would say, absolutely right about their current message. And then, yeah, and then you, uh, but yeah, Neil Young, kind of the opposite. Uh, it's like, I don't want to be on Spotify yeah. with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you can imagine Spotify going, oh, Neil, sorry, we're sorry, I'm sorry, Joe, that's it, get out, get out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, bye-bye, yeah, bye, money. Yeah, you know, I yeah. guess we just paid $100 million <laughs> to Rogan for no reason. Let's just uh, shred this contract. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. I, I did laugh when I seen it. Um, <laughs> again, I, I don't follow musicians and things much, you know, a lot of artists and stuff. Again, I'm, I'm not really much into the music scene. I just like playing music um, and just jamming with folk, uh, really. Um you know, even Neil Young, I never even knew who the guy was until I was my, I think, late 20s. Um, I think it was my wife introduced me to him oh, in wow. my late 20s. Yeah, and one of those things she just laughed at. I'm like, oh, right, who's this guy? And um, I really like his live show on the BBC. I think it's from the 70s uh, where he plays, um, uh, oh, yeah, a few songs. I, I love that kind of unplugged sound uh, from bands. Yeah, I remember seeing him on, I think the first time I saw... Neil Young is, we were watching old Saturday Night Lives on like VHS at my uncle's house. And one of the musical guests uh, was Neil Young playing Old Man, just him and an acoustic guitar. Old Man, take mm-hmm. a. I was like, that's oh, good. yeah, it's a beautiful song. And, uh, yeah. and then I, I also saw Billy Joel playing uh, Only the Good Die Young, my early, early 70s Saturday Night Live performance. And it was so good. And he had a full band for that one, Billy Joel did, but that was. God damn, that was a great performance. Only but, the good uh, die young. Yeah, I need to have a, a listen. Only the good uh, die. Yeah, it's uh, it's ba- it's kind of a weird song because it's basically about him just trying to convince this Catholic virgin girl to fuck him. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, if you listen, yeah, if you like the, listen the to the lyrics, guys yeah. go to. <laughs> yeah, the Lance uh, guys go to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I recognize the title, but I I couldn't tell. You. Even Billy Joe, I mean, you know, this is this is uh, you know, if anyone's listening, they'll laugh. <laughs> Billy Joe, I recognize the name. I can't picture him. I couldn't mention a name that uh, I I couldn't name a song. Uh, I've definitely I mean, heard his songs because I know the name. It's, uh, yeah, Piano uh, Man, We Didn't Start the Fire. He did... Uh, oh, I know We Didn't Start the Fire. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Captain Jack. I don't know what he looks like, though. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll quickly I'll bring him up online. <laughs> he's, yeah, Billy Joel's... Uh, he's kind of a short guy. He used to have kind of a, almost an afro or what they would call a Jufro uh, back in the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> Let me see. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's one of my favorites. He's... He's he's almost like an Elton John type, uh, as far as prolific musician over the decades. Cool, yeah. I need to check him out. Yeah, I'll make a note of that. It's always nice when uh, you're speaking to people, um, you know, who mention bands and artists and things, and I'll have a listen. Because um, I never, growing up, um, none of my friends were really musical. They weren't into music much, which again, you know, played into the part of me not being into music as well. Um, uh, apart from wanting to play an instrument, uh, none of my friends were interested in any of that stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I can. Uh, I, I guess I could so almost say the same. Yeah, it was it was Nintendo and and uh, growing up, it was Nintendo and Xbox and stuff. Going back to what you said, is the video games kind of overtook the creative drive? I think of my whole generation in some yeah. way. Uh, yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I, I I became a heavy gamer when um, when we moved to Scotland. Really, uh, my parents split up and we moved from England to Scotland. Uh, and at that time, yeah, I became a heavy gamer. 
I mean, well, you know, I was still going out and playing with sticks and things, uh, trying to figure out ways to make money. Um, and nowadays, I mean, people making people are making millions just from playing Minecraft and stuff. So I guess they were right. You know, the, the video game <laughs> people make a lot of money with Twitch and stuff playing video games. So jokes oh, on yeah, jokes amazing. on us, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's um. I've never. Uh, I haven't seen it much. I've heard it, heard of it. Uh, I remember it was I think it was a South Park episode. I used to watch that a long time ago. Great show. And I, had, I hadn't seen it for a long time. Yeah, it is fantastic. I remember my my younger sister, even to this day, can remember. I don't know how old she was, but she was young. Um, and she would always say, she could always remember the first South Park show that she she watched, and she became mad on it. And it was the one with Cartman getting an anal probe. Um, I think that's the first episode. Yeah, thing. the first ever episode. Is it? They did. All right. Okay. And, unless oh. that was the <laughs> that was uh, one of the few that they did with actual stop motion with paper uh, or uh, cardboard. Uh, what's it called? Construction paper, where they actually right. cut out little pieces of paper and made the first few episodes with stop taking a picture, then slightly moving the paper, taking a picture. Oh yeah. Oh wow, uh, that's quite cool. Yeah, yeah I love and, all that stuff. Yeah, and that's they're. Uh, they're still making it too. They they took a couple years off the show and made like a couple South Park like mini series movies, and now season twenty five is about to start. I think this week, so Four. they're still going strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a long. Yeah, I was in school. I know I was in high school. Uh, I remember someone walking around with a, a Cartman keychain. I had no idea what it was <laughs> uh, until you know. Then it started to spread. Oh, have you seen the show South Park? You know, you'd watch it and you'd just laugh your ass off. <laughs> and it, and it's yeah. people people don't realize how morally and culturally i think profound the uh that show especially became in the in the you know after after about season two or three they started you know actually having you know kyle at the end of the episode would always say you know and i've learned something today there'd always be like a, a they they really put the there was no sacred cows you know they would they were kind of the arguably south park was the one that broke the like mainstreamed the idea of Catholic priests, a lot of them being pedophiles, and uh, mm-hmm. even even to this day, they're you know they <laughs> they're they're they push back against the uh, establishment narrative. I think more than most shows do, for sure. Yeah, nice. But I love that. You know, you 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 need that in society. Uh, you absolutely need it. Um, definitely. Uh, but, all, the, all those little seeds, all all these young people growing up to be resistors of authoritarianism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, now, I um, you sent me. I listened to all these this morning. The um, the file you sent me of the songs. Um, oh yeah. I don't think these are ones on your YouTube channel, are they? Um, I think so. I can't even remember what I sent you. It's been a, such a crazy day. Uh, <laughs> oh, as, as it always is, you know. Get up. I was wondering if work. it was like a new uh, something okay. more recent you were working on. Um, but maybe um, maybe they are just spread out against. Uh, but I, oh, oh yeah, yeah, there will be. Yeah, I think most, one of them. I think Mountain Life was one of them that I put on there. That was um, the carrot and the dragon. That, that was really good. Ago. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that was uh, many of those recordings. Uh, yeah, thank you by the way. Uh, many of those recordings uh, are done, especially back then. You know, uh, pre kids when you had time to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, back then uh, I didn't have many many worries. I'd worked part time. I think around about that kind of time. I worked my ass off full time in other jobs, full time and then some, and realized you know it's just it's not it's not what I want to do. So I, I became part time, uh, started concentrating on music and just 
thinking and enjoying life and evaluating what was going on, uh, really. And back then, uh, I was a pretty big stoner. Um, used to love smoking weed back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It, may, it definitely makes music sound better, I'll tell you that. I don't smoke oh, yeah. <laughs> near as much as I used to, but yeah. I, you know, I just, <clears throat> this is, I, uh-huh. this is kind of stupid, but I used to pretty much only listen to metal, heavy metal, and like screamo type music. Like from middle school, when I first started getting to music, I would listen to like new metal, um, everything from, you know, I'm trying to think of like mud veins, uh, slipknot, corn, uh, system of a down, stuff like that. And I still like that music a little bit, but it was the first time I ever got high and smoked weed that I, my, my, horizons were completely broadened like i discovered pink floyd and leonard skinnerd and all the classic stuff and uh got into you know more indie type music and folk and just like i I don't know what it was but without weed like i think my music my music taste would have never been so broad now i like anything from you know new rap classic rap you know like uh to country music to folk blues uh, just all jazz, like any, all of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Marijuana really completely changed my, opened my world up as far as music goes. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I suppose me too, uh, to quite an extent. Although, you know, then it was just more, uh, having a laugh with friends, yeah. um, <laughs> playing computer games <laughs> as you did and just, uh, philosophizing about stuff. And, you know, yeah, when you mentioned weed, <coughs> excuse me, mm. You know, that whole argument about um, the illegality of weed. Um, I really have thought for a long time that that's one of the biggest reasons why they don't want uh, weed to be legal. Uh, I think, you know, maybe talking about my arse. Um, I don't don't think it's just a monetary thing. I think it's more um, generally, but not always, uh, but generally, you know, when you're getting baked, it makes you just chill, sit back and start thinking. Mm-hmm. At least from my experience, you know, and, and those around me, um, you know, you'd sit back and you'd just start talking a lot of shit and uh, coming up with a lot of thoughts and ideas and sharing this kind of stuff. And I think that there's a, um, I really think that that's part of the reason why they don't want the populace to, to get stoned. They'd rather they get drunk. Um, For sure. No, it's the, not, the but, Bill Hicks joke, uh, you know, or it's not even a joke. I think it's just a quote from Bill Hicks. It's if you, if you, Look at what a society values. Take a look at what drugs they outlaw and what drugs they promote. In America, it's alcohol to, or no, it's uh, tobacco and caffeine to keep you productive throughout the work week, and alcohol on the weekends to keep you too stupid to realize you're living in a prison. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think uh, going back to weed, it's like uh, it makes you pontificate. It's like we can't have the peasants pontificating, sire. They may revolt. Ooh. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I'm not a drinker, uh, really. Uh, I said I've opened a bottle. Um, I think I've taken two sips out of it so far. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not much of a drinker. Um, I never have been. Um, I'm not overly keen on the, the feeling of being drunk. Uh, but being stoned, for me personally, is a different thing entirely. Um, and yeah, it's almost you know, the opposite. Growing up, I, I yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what have? Uh, sorry, what's almost the opposite? Oh, be, being stoned versus being drunk, like uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, like being yeah, drunk, your uh, senses are dulled. You kind of, you know, you're more prone to make bad decisions. 
the the way we've yeah. always uh, compared the two uh, in my friend group is like if you're like j- just think take driving as an example. If you're drunk, you're like, yeah, I'm fine to drive. I'm good. And you're like not paying attention to anything that's going on. And if you're stoned and you're driving, you're like checking your mirrors constantly make sure checking your speedometer, making sure you're driving the speed limit. You're constantly like, oh, is that a cop behind me? <laughs> you're like being extra careful. I can't comment on that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, um, it's a crazy thing, really. And, you know, I kind of crossed the fence on that because... Um, <clears throat> Growing up, um, uh, you know, I've I've seen too many drunk people. Um, really, I just don't like being around drunk people. I just think, ah, you know, you're a bit of a dick. And when you're drinking, you know, you're quite an aggressive dick. And I don't like that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather this chilled, cool dude that I can actually have an intelligent conversation with, not drooling down his top and like, pizza. You know, oh, I don't Ooh. want that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of crossed the fence in that. I, I grew up, you know, and a firm believer because I always wanted to be a policeman. Uh, and that was always my career choice ever since I was a kid. And I thought a few times, you know, why did I want that? Uh, and I think I've kind of figured out why I really wanted to do that. A combination of reasons, really. But I was very much like, you know, drugs are bad, I'm gay, you know, that kind of attitude, that kind of uh, opinion. I and learned my lesson. Until- I'm never, ever, ever going to smoke weed again. <laughs> yeah, until the next time I get some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that's what I should have sent you. I never, it's a song, uh, just to, to cut off what I was talking about. It just brought that memory back. I wrote a song called Billy Boned, and it's about, you know, having some weed and getting stoned. Um, yeah, I need to do a proper Billy Boned or Bones? Uh, Billy Boned, B O N E D. Yeah, Billy okay. Boned. I remember I was playing the guitar. Uh, this was when my brother and I were a lot younger and we were staying at my mum's house and um, I had a guitar. I, was, I started playing just a, a melody on the guitar. My brother just started singing these lyrics that became this song, um, really. you know, He's not a musical person as well uh, in that sense. He just started singing these words to that song. And I'm like, oh, quick, I need to write that down. Uh, and I wrote that down and that became this song called Billy Boned. Um, yeah, which is... I don't know. It's quite a cool song, I think. I'll see if I can find that. Uh, yeah. I'll... Oh, oh no, I, I, I don't think I've shared it anywhere. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't think it exists anywhere. Well, I'm curious to hear the rest of your thought about wanting to be a policeman. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, ever since I was a kid, it was always the career choice I had in mind. Uh, you know do good, help the community and, you know, catch the bad guy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and my dad was, um, he was in the army for, I'd say 15 years. I don't know. I think it's about 15, 12 to 15, something like that. Um, and then he became, after the uh, army, done a few other different jobs and things and became a prison officer. And he was a prison officer in uh, a few different prisons for, um, well, up until his retirement, really. Um, so you're talking, you know, 15 plus years, I think. You know, and he had a few copper mates and things like that. So I don't know, is is that partially why I wanted to become a copper? Um, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, definitely catch the bad guy. You know, this is the law. This is the law of the land. This is what it should be. And it wasn't until, funnily enough, I started smoking weed. Uh, when I was a late teenager, I think, I think I was 17 when I first started smoking weed. Yeah. 16 just turning 17, that kind of age in my life. And 
you know, I started, and I was always brought up and led to believe that, you know, stoners are evil. They're the scum of the earth. You know, they're bad people and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, although I, I didn't feel it and think it to that extent, you know, I definitely thought, you know, oh, those are a bunch of bad guys. And then I realized that, wow, you know, I've just became that bad guy, but I'm not evil. I'm not, I'm not horrible. I don't wish harm on anyone else. You know, I just want to chill and relax and have a good time and, you know, mind my own business. And, you know, I started to broaden my, my, my view of the world, really, um, uh, and open my mind. And again, this is, it comes back to why I think, based on my own experience and those around me, why I think it's, uh, it's illegal because they don't want people to broaden their mind. Um, uh, and see what really is rather than what they're being told is um yeah so i it was in my early 20s i decided to apply for the police uh i passed the entrance exam passed the fitness um i i, I stopped smoking and everything at the time um because i used to smoke cigarettes as well i started smoking cigarettes around about the same time i started smoking weed um <clears throat> yeah same here i was 18 for both yeah, yeah, I was I was a late bloomer. I was not not one of these. You know, I'm smoking at 11 years old because I'm cool. Yeah, not in nine. I think I, I tried this, <laughs> I tried one cigarette at 13 and didn't touch another. My second cigarette was at 18 years old. So. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, oh, oh just another memory. I even built my own rolling tree. I had some wood. I built my own little rolling tree. <laughs> I actually binned that a while back when I was when I was visiting my mum. I was up in the attic. Uh, cleaning some stuff out and I opened a box I'm like wow that's awesome that's my old rolling tree and I was like yeah, okay I'll bend you <laughs> I should have kept it for nostalgia reasons but yeah. oh man yeah I, d- I never did have I've never had a rolling tray I just always used the table but a rolling tree I mean, think of Kanye West build my house upon that ass that's an ass state roll my weed upon that ass that's an ass tray <laughs> uh, 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 I, love I haven't heard much of his stuff as well I know I know him but I, I yeah I, I, I couldn't name a song, uh, really. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In my early twenties, I applied for the police, and I, I got—I think—for the force I was applying for, the seven stages to get in, and I made it to number three or number four. I can't remember which. It's the home visit stage, and you had a sergeant or someone come out um, and uh, evaluate you in your in your natural environment, uh, just you know, have a chat with you and this kind of thing, and. You know, he came out and beforehand I was supposed to learn, you know, they had a, a list of, I think, five different reasons of uh, their goals and how they're going to achieve it. And one of them was talking about the crackdown on drugs and other things. And between the time that I applied for the police and then this kind of time, I'd really like was firm in my mind. I couldn't verbalize it properly and I couldn't put the thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I couldn't put the thoughts properly together in my mind, but there was a definite change and shift in my attitude. And I was like, look, you know, I just... What I've wanted ever since I was a kid, I can no longer feel that I can do that. You know, I can't uphold a law I don't believe in. I can't defend a system I believe to be unjust. And although I, I still feel that now, and I felt that then, I just couldn't verbalize it. Um, so I never passed that stage. <clears throat> the, the the policeman that came out, you know, asked me these questions and I just stumbled. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. You know, I kind of knew roughly what I wanted to say, but it sounded just nuts in my mind. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, now if I was asked those questions, I could answer them. But back then, yeah, and um, that was the end of it. Uh, you know, he said, okay, you know, I can see you haven't prepared for this stage, you know, um, uh, apply again in X amount of time. Um, and, yeah, that led me to, to do a lot of thinking uh, and start to evaluate a lot of stuff. But I was also slowly becoming aware of, uh, you know, I was like... Um, 
post nine eleven, I think it was. Uh, you know, nine eleven was a was a was a massive catalyst for a lot of people, and for me, it was that. Um, yeah, kind of shifting gear and started to view things a bit. It started to question. That was it, really. It's just starting to question uh, and realize that oh, wait a minute, you know, what I'm being told about this kind of stuff. I'm now old enough and I'm thinking for myself and I'm responsible for my thoughts and my actions and so on. And um, you know, um, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> you know, you're trying to tell me I'm a bad guy because I'm sitting here um, having a spliff. Uh, whereas I know I'm not a bad guy. Um, you know, I think it's just a lot of bollocks. Uh, just an example. That is, yeah, no, that is uh, definitely, I think, a, a lot of people had that same red pill, for lack of a better term, when you, you're, you know, you you kind of just believe everything you're told that the establishment hands you down until you first try weed or try mushrooms or something. You're like, this isn't at all what the people in charge told me it was. What else are they lying about? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And once, once you open up that hatch... Um, once you lift the lid off the rabbit hole, you know, and you peer down, you shine your torch. What's that? Oh, quick, close it. Step back. And then you come back a, a couple of weeks later and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, let's have another look. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's a, the path to enlightenment, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, before we get off. enlightenment, you know, yeah. Before we get off music uh, altogether. Oh, yeah. I did pull uh, two clips from this uh, latest Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson podcast. I thought it was pretty interesting. They were talking about music. Uh, I'll play the first one I got here. All right, cool. I thought about music. Music is a very strange art form. I had a great journalist friend of mine. He said to me the other day, he said, all art aspires to the condition of music, which I thought was great. But music, it's you think about the revitalizing effect mu music continues to have in our culture, especially among young people, and that's really, really been the case since the beginning of the 60s. It's like... We got more nihilistic and less religious and all of that as our culture became more secular and more rational, more materialistic. And at the same time, the power of music as a cultural phenomenon just grew and grew and grew and grew. Say, so music gives you the intimation of meaning, right, directly. So I used to watch punk rockers. I went to a Ramones concert once, which was really fun. We were up in the second floor of this theater in Montreal, and uh, the Ramones were playing on stage like a hundred feet away with their with their like their uh, their their huge stu not their studio uh, stadium equipment. It was so loud in there, like I had to listen to the whole concert with my ears plugged, and I was still like three quarters deaf for three days. And beneath us, on the uh, the stage sort of in front of the stage there was a flat place and all these punks were down there smashing into each other and 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 doing this this really rough dance and i thought this is so cool we got all these nihilistic punks in here like half beating themselves up dancing and in and and being taken in by this rough music that gave them even in their aggressive nihilism a sense of meaning i thought that was so cool so why does music do that why does music do that? Give people a sense of meaning. Because I can definitely yeah. attest to it. <clears throat> yeah, that's an interesting question. I think it made me think of um, hearing that. It brought into my mind someone talking about uh, Michael Jackson. I, I don't know who it was that was saying it, but he, I, I immediately thought of this example. And um, I don't think I'd thought of it before then. Um, where they'd taken Michael Jackson's music to different corners of the globe and they played it 
you know, and people didn't even know who this guy was. And, you know, they, they took it to tribes and things, and the people started dancing to this kind of music. And I think there's just something fundamental within that beat. It's, I haven't figured it out. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that reaches humanity on a core level, really. Um, which is the universal you know, sound. Yeah, it led me to that phrase uh, of music is the soul of life because it touches and tingles everyone's soul uh, in a variety of ways, really. You know, it's it's the song that picks you up when you're sad. It's the song that, that makes you think. It's the song that, you know, makes you angry. It, 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 it touches everyone um, all the time. It's uh, it's one of those things, you know, it's it's... The backing track or the the background music in a horror film. It's the it's the um, you know the, the comedy music. Um, <laughs> the Benny Hill yeah, thing. It's a very <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that as well. <laughs> yeah, and who's I don't know if you know him. Um, Bill Bill Bailey. Have you ever heard of Bill Bailey? He's it's a, ringing a bell, a, but I can't. A, I can't tell you. British comedian. He he's been in a few films. He's a comedian and he's a fantastic musician. And um, oh yeah, I went to see him live a few years ago. Uh, my brother and I we we drove through to Glasgow at the time when we were staying in Edinburgh. Uh, um, and we were. I'm looking at a picture of him, and, and I I do know who this is. Yeah. Uh yeah yeah. Well, one of his I, I love. Insect Nation is what a song of his that I love. Uh, amongst other things, you know, he's he's extremely gifted musically. Um, uh, yeah, we arrived late at one of his gigs, and I remember thinking, "Yo, don't notice us, do you?" Because you never want to arrive late at a comedian's gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah especially but he, when you have front row seats. That happened to me at Joe Rogan. That was awkward. <laughs> oh, I'd oh, be a laugh in itself, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, there's a, I think it's Bill Bailey's Guide to the Orchestra, I think it's called. I haven't seen this for a long, long time. Or is it called Tinsel Worm? I'm not sure. But um, but that's interesting. And I'd never thought of it uh, consciously before until he pointed out, you know, he's he's going through the, the, the instruments in an orchestra and it's like, this is the oboe and this is creating this type of effect. And you would usually find it in this type of genre of film or when you're trying to create this type of mood. You know, that kind of example. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a listen. I would recommend if people are into music and um, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. I haven't, I'm sure um, that was one of the last things I watched when I was baked. So I had watched it and I was like, wow, that's brilliant. That's so cool. And then afterwards, you're like, what was he saying again? Um, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> I'm sure it was one of those things. You know, I, I don't smoke now. I haven't smoked for years. One of the most, yeah, but, but. One of the most classic. Uh, comedy riffs in in uh, like songs in comedy it's up there with the Seinfeld bass yeah curb your enthusiasm oh, I, I, I never watched Seinfeld actually I didn't know that's where it was from uh, I know the tune <laughs> yeah I never watched Seinfeld um well that, yeah that one was curb your enthusiasm it's uh it's a show about the creator of Seinfeld so Seinfeld oh, had like okay. the in between scenes, the Seinfeld bass. Right. Uh, cool. Yeah, but yeah, yeah c- that's a good, that, that's something I hadn't, like, uh, music can definitely be comedic, not just Weird Al Yankovic, but. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, that guy as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll continue here with this uh, Jordan Peterson here. Okay. What's the world? Well, the world's made of objects. It's like, no, it's not. It's made of patterns. So music is just like the world because the world's made of patterns. 
And then music has layered patterns that are all moving together in a harmonious manner. And so what do you do when you hear that, especially if it's got a beat? Well, then you move your body, and you want to, right? The music calls to you to move your body. So now you're moving your body in sync with the patterned layers of the world. That's meaning. And then there's more to it. So that's so cool. Is Music is an analog of the structure of existence itself. And it calls to you to take part in that. And then, so maybe you dance by yourself, or maybe even better, you dance with someone else. And so then you both bring your bodies into this patterned relationship with this multi-layer harmony together in a spontaneous way, indicating that you can both play and are therefore potentially trustworthy future mates. That's unbelievably cool. And birds dance. It's not just human beings. And uh, spiders dance. Have you seen the dancing spiders? I think that's what they're called, dancing spiders. Is it a spider that um, that lifts up his body, balances on his back two, two legs or four legs, I don't know, and just lifts itself up and down? Is that... Yeah, but the but then there's a certain type of uh, dancing spider too that they have this kind of like almost like a peacock. Maybe it's called a peacock spider instead of a dancing spider. I'm not sure. Look, all right, no, cool. uh, a yeah, peacock okay. spider. That's what it is. And they they dance rhythmically, and they'll put you know one to two legs up in the air and kind of hypnotically dance. And the peacock spiders have a like. Literally like a peacock, this just vibrant, you know, unique. There's so many different types of peacock spiders that have this unique um, hypnotizing, uh, I don't know what yeah. you would call it. I'm looking flap. at colors. Yeah. yeah, like a flap that pops yeah. up and and they, they attract mates. And then, of course, that's the male. The male spider entices the female spider. And usually the female spider kills and eats the male after they mate, but. No. <laughs> pick me, pick me. I want to, I want to get fucked, and then I want to get killed. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you the time of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess most of them are from Australia. It looks like, but yeah. So it's yeah. it all kinds of species. Uh, oh wow, so tiny! Yeah. I'm looking at a photo now of uh, of one of those spiders on someone's thumbnail. I don't know is that the usual size, but wow. Yeah, they're small. That's yeah. Tiny. They're, they're very small. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's videos of them, too, on, on YouTube that are just fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. They look so cool. I love. I have a weird relationship with spiders. I love them, but then I don't like them. I, I love them <laughs> because, you know, they're, 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 you know they're, they're, they're nature, and, you know, I love kind of things of nature and things. They get rid of the and annoying the pest bugs. Yeah, Flies. that as well. Yeah, I, I, if a spider's you know somewhere in a room, I leave it. I don't bother. I don't bother with it as long as it doesn't get too close. Then I'm cool. Unless it's big. <laughs> if it's a big one, it's like you got to go, pal. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a certain oh, size. I had that once. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember years ago, um, and uh, this is maybe what kind of changed a bit. Uh, I, I remember going to bed. I turned the light off and I lay down on my back. And as soon as I lay down, something hit me right between the eyes. And I jumped up, like, what the hell is that? And I flipped the light on. And this huge spider was running across the bed. Uh, I like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I had that. And if I never caught it that night, there was no way I was sleeping in that room with that spider on the loose. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I wasn't always like that. You know, I, I was growing up, you know, to have daddy long legs crawling around on you, spiders. You pick them up, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's funny when you, you just hit a stage and then suddenly you're like oh spider um, snakes don't bother me man Sp- uh, spiders barely bother me what freaks me out are daddy long legs and it's because of a, it, <laughs> it's because of the, like what you just said it was a, uh, two two instances um, 
the first one, we, we had a fenced-in acre in the, this long backyard, and past the fence was a creek. But at certain times of the year, the way the woods around our fence and the moss or something would hit, the if you're standing in our backyard, the right side of the fence for about a month every year, for a month straight, the entire fence would be wiggling on the outside of the <laughs> fence because it would be covered head to toe for, uh, you know, 200 yards, 200 yards of straight daddy long legs, just wow. a covered head to toe in it. And one time <laughs> I climbed over the fence and, and hopped, uh, hopped, like was climbing <laughs> over the fence and hopped down. And I got, I turned around and that was the first time I saw that when I was a little kid. They had just entire fence was covered as far as I could see from front <laughs> to back on that side of the fence with daddy long legs. And I got, I looked down and I had them crawling all over me and I was like, oh, I freaked out and, and like ran, you know, ran in and got inside and like knocked them all off me. And then the next time this really cemented my uh, fear at daddy long legs was the, I woke up in a tent and my, my sister and I were, you know, we're little kids and we were sharing a tent when we were camping and she had left the flap open and I woke up with something kind of tickling my mouth. And there was a daddy long leg <laughs> in my mouth and one on my forehead oh. just crawling around. Oh. And I was like, I lost it, dude. I lost <laughs> I, I lost my absolute shit. And ever since then, to this day, I get freaked out by daddy long legs. Dude, I can't, oh. can't fucking stand them. And my uncle used to just mess with me because he knew I was scared of him. And he he would rip off a leg of a daddy long leg. And, and the leg still like, it looks like a hair, you know, and it just still is yeah. wiggling around for a few minutes oh. after you rip the leg off. The leg, the leg will wiggle around. And he would just like tickle me with like daddy long like legs when he found one. And I was just like, oh, fucking yeah. traumatizing I'm, I'm shit. If, uh, if, if I was that kid uh, and like you, I'd probably be the same. Oh, yeah. That would freak me out. Yeah. In the mouth. But uh, <laughs> I remember at school, uh, primary school um, down in England, we uh, we used to make um, little houses for daddy long legs. We used to rip up the grass and make little grass houses um, and collect all the dad long legs and chuck them in. I don't know, they were like <laughs> little play toys. <laughs> and we went through that stage of uh, uh, not many, I don't think, I'm uh, vague on the memory, you know, ripping all the legs off and just leaving the body there, which is so cruel. You know, looking back now and just, yeah. just saying that, you know, you're just like, uh, you know, I'm ashamed of myself. It's, it's a horrible thing. But, you know, you yeah. don't know as a kid. It's just... Um, you know, it's poking the ant's nest to see what happens. Is that type of thing, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the ant with the magnet. I did that for a long time when I realized that you could burn <laughs> ants with a magnifying glass. That shit's fun, dude. Uh, I haven't done it, and I, you know, salt on a slug. That one's pretty uh, gnarly. I've done that once. Yeah, yeah I done I done that once uh, when I was, I think I was about ten ish, and. I just, so gross. I, I stood there for the reaction, and th th that was enough. You know, I felt like, no, that was cruel as hell. And I thought, no, I can't do that. You know, I, yeah. I just, I felt the suffering and pain of that slug. It was so vivid because you, you could hear it, like... Sizzling. You know, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, it's but it, to me, it sounded like that witch out of The Wizard of Oz, you know, that, I'm melting yeah. you! You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so once, I, once I've slugged, uh, salted a slug. Yeah, uh, the, the ants was the one that I would do all the time, just because... And I would, you know what I, mo I more did more than ants is I would just burn leaves with the magnifying glass. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, oh, brings back memories. I've never done that with an ant. I've never burnt an ant with a magnifying glass, but I have burnt stuff, you know, burnt marks and wood and things. Like yeah. I, 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 consider, boiling, boiling I consider bugs robots too, like nature's robots. I don't really consider them having like souls or feelings, but uh, the slug, I do agree, is like a, over the line. But ants, oh, yeah. it's like, <laughs> the ant, does an ant really experience anything? It's more yeah. like oh, yeah. an appendage of a, a a hive mind robot. 
five or something, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. But yeah, I remember um, uh, red ants' nests when uh, we had our allotment uh, behind our garden as kids. You know, this. Uh, do you know what an allotment is? I don't know if you have them over in the States. I'm not sure, no. All right, yeah, it's just a, a patch of land where you grow stuff, you know, vegetables and things. Um, garden. Uh, it's a, a pretty big thing here. Yeah, you know, people have a little patch of land and they just grow vegetables, and it's called an, uh, an allotment. Huh. Um, we had one of them behind our garden as kids, and, you know, in the corner was our gang hut that was made up of old bed frames and, you know, old debris and this kind of stuff, and, um, you know, uh, a lot of, so many holes we used to dig. You know, it was just a play area for kids, really. Um, I don't think there was anything really growing in there, nothing worthy of note. But there was a lot of ants' nests, and when you came across an ants' nest, it was a red ant nest, uh, and those buggers bit. Uh, yeah, fire ants. Uh, so when you came across, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that the same thing, actually? Maybe. I've heard of fire ants, but I don't know. Oh, I don't Probably. know. I, but they, 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 they're like the ants that really sting, like a bee sting almost. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it looks uh, like the yeah, I've poured boiling water down a nest or two. I just see, actually, I just I see, is that a comment? You guys ever torture insects? Oh, that was oh, me. You, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> 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 the first I'd seen it. <laughs> uh. <Yeah. laughs> no, that's no, innocent. Pfft. Who would ever uh, do such a thing? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just, it looks like red ants, uh, when I Googled red ants, fire ants came up, so I guess they're the same thing. Okay. All right, yeah. But yeah, those things. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the new Indiana Jones movie, the, or the, not the new one, but the, the hokey one with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. They, like, they bury the guy, or whatever, they, the ants just, like, eat his skull, eat, eat his face down to the skull when they bury him in the ground. <laughs> Gnarly. Oh, I haven't seen that. In, um, yeah, I've seen it once, a long time ago. That's all you need to uh, see. Like, yeah, I was a bit... I'm not a big Shia LaBeouf fan, I have to admit. Nothing... Uh, <laughs> that scene not, where Shia LaBeouf is the... swinging through the vines on the in the jungle with mo- a bunch of monkeys to go rescue Indiana Jones, that's where I was like, okay, <laughs> the refrigerator scene was bad enough, but this was terrible. <laughs> go, going oh, back to I... uh, uh, South Park, there's um, the episode where like uh, Jimmy and, St- and Stan and Kyle are like all... There's sad piano music, and they're sitting out by the lake, and we're like, are we just going to go on like our friend wasn't raped last Memorial Day weekend? You know what I'm talking about? And it shows them, it's like they're going to see Indiana Jones, the new one, and it's Steven Spielberg <laughs> and George Lucas just rape them on camera. What are they? Steven Spielberg oh. and George Lucas, they're raping you. They're going to rape you, Indiana Jones, now. <laughs> it's just like, literally, it's like there's three different scenes, like Deliverance and a couple other scenes where they, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas rape Indiana Jones. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very accurate. Yeah. Oh, Sir Oma's asking was, who's got a beer. I don't. I um. Uh, I been... actually do. Um, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't ask. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, I have not. It was a Christmas gift. Because again, I don't. I don't. I don't buy drink because I don't drink really. I've got like years worth of Christmas gifts, uh, and this one is is by a company called Green King, and it's double extra mild. It's three percent volume. Um, That's an oxymoron. It's and roasted. Double extra yeah. mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's actually quite tasty. Um, but again, I'm not a big drinker, so if I have that bottle, I'll probably be like, oh, man, I can feel that boost. Yeah, I'm a big – I like drinking too much, uh, so I'm I'm drying myself out. I'm doing – every now and again, I'll take a detox, so I'm, right now I'm detoxing from the booze. Yeah. So it gets That's to – Yeah. I, I, love, I love me some, boot from, some beer for sure. I'm more of a beer guy mm. than a liquor guy. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of spirits. Um, yeah, uh, I had a friend who uh, we grew up together, and he, um, when we were, 
we we had a, we had a lot of jobs together. Uh, you know, the guy that we used to muck around with, uh, great guy. Uh, we'd have a laugh in so many different jobs. You know, especially if there were customer related jobs, we would have so many customers in stitches because both of us just used to take the piss and have a good laugh and a good time. And he he very uh, became a drinker very much, and he worked in a lot of pubs and clubs. I've had a lot of jobs. I've had dozens of jobs in so many different areas, but I've never worked within the kind of uh, that type of hospitality, you know, with, with alcohol, uh, really. Um, and he did, and he loved that. And he used to drink a lot, a hell of a lot. Uh, and he fucked up his liver um, at a young age. Uh, was told that he couldn't drink again. Uh, so he stopped drinking for, I think, a decade plus. And the last I heard of him, he'd started drinking again. Um, uh, yeah, that's not why I don't drink, but just... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I work at yeah. a liquor store, home up, yeah, fine wine and spirits store. And... Uh, right. Even in the course of working there for two years, I've seen people, people's health decline. People that come there every day, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's I've made yeah. my own beer twice. Um, yeah, okay. I'm not spirits. I'm I'm more of a beer kind of person. I've made my own beer twice. Um, yeah, that was cool. First time it was good because it was the first time. Uh, but the second time, man, that was kick ass. That was good quality beer. Uh, yeah, I've still got, uh, one of these days. I'll make I'll make a third batch. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's low on the priority list. <laughs> I just tried mead for the first time. That was good. Ooh, I've, I've never tried that. Honey beer. Yeah. 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 I've wanted to try it, but I've never had it. Uh, I needed some mutton to go along with it, but I didn't have any. Sometimes if if one is hanging onto my windshield, I see how fast I can drive before they fly off. I've done that. I've done that. You know, you're, you're driving along at 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, whatever, and, you know, something's suddenly on your windscreen and, you know, it's just sitting there. What are you going to do? I don't want to put my window wipers on and squish the thing. So I just drive a bit faster and it's like, hold on, little buddy. Or if there's oh. a spider, I've done that as well. Uh, if a spider, because I used to have um, spiders living behind my wing mirrors, uh, and I was like, you're cool. As long as you don't come in and bother me, you can stay there and eat all the flies you want. So I, you know, <laughs> driving along and the spider comes out of the wing mirror and because I'm driving along at whatever speed, you know, the thing starts to fall Shoots his spider spider web, not Spider Man. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's hanging onto the wing mirror just with his web, just dangling there, you know, and I'm driving along. I'm like, hold on, little buddy. I'm almost home. Just hold on. And, you know, <laughs> I've done uh, that before. And when I get there and he scuttles back in, I'm like, awesome. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep the flies, Crazy keep time. the flies and the, uh, the mosquitoes out of the, uh, out of the car for yeah. you. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather deal with a spider than a fly. Um, definitely. Or, or I'd rather have a spider than a fly. Oh man! In Ohio, I, we don't really—I don't—I've never really seen them down here in Tennessee. But in Ohio, we used to have these gnarly, huge horse flies, like horse flies that are about the size of a quarter. I don't know if you—well, I don't know if you—you you, you don't have quarters there, but uh, yeah, I, I think I know roughly what you mean, though. Um, giant, like a you know, about as big as the top half of my thumb, and it was just like it, it's just like a regular fly, except just huge, and you're like. You'd only you wouldn't see a bunch at once. You'd just see once in a while. But those things, I those were gnarly, man. Big old horse oh, flies. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture just now. Yeah, I could look at things. <laughs> yeah, uh, I never did <laughs> finish when, this uh, Jordan Peterson clip. Down to oh, we yeah, got sorry. caught up on yeah. bugs. No, as fine as yeah, it was a good I know. Bug, I'm, I'm bug bad chat. for just chatting away. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's well, that's the idea. So that's good. Probably cool. And birds dance. It's not just human beings, you know. So this is a deep thing. And then music does something else, too. It, it puts you on the border between chaos and order. Because a boring song does exactly what you expect it to do. 
and, and gets dull very quickly. And an unlistenable song is so random you can't follow it. And so what you want is predictability with a leaven of unpredictability. And then that puts you right on the edge. That's the zone of proximal development. Vygotsky discovered that. Like a Hendrix song. Yeah, yeah like a Hendrix song. Well, any great music does yeah, that. Yeah, but it, I mean, I've Hendrix has so much creativity inside the structure of the song because mm-hmm. there's riffs that he'll right, do. Right, right, right. And everyone right. loves, oh man, I went to this yeah. bar in Nashville. Uh, this band was playing Kelly's Heroes, a great guitarist, the best guitarist I've ever seen. And they were playing old country music with a heavy blues rock uh, twist. So they do this great version of uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky, like 15 minutes long. And mm-hmm. this brilliant guitarist just goes way out on a limb. And everybody in the crowd, it's so, it was so fun to be there. They're just thrilled to death because they're watching this man doing the same thing that surfers do. He's like dancing on the edge of chaos and order in this virtuosic manner. And everyone is so taken by that that it just lifts them out of the normality of their existence you know they see this joy just transfuse them and that's because they got an intimation of genuine meaning and it's and it's 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 not amenable to rational criticism which is the thing that i thought that struck me as so miraculous about music and why it has this element of salvation it's like it puts you directly in touch with the meaning that sustains you in life directly and it shows you what that would be which is something like to observe the harmonious interplay of the patterns of being stacked on top of one another and then to bring yourself into alignment with that which is what yogis strive to do and what disciplined athletes strive to do and what we celebrate in athletics and it's all a reflection of the same thing. And that's real. It's real, that meaning. I love it when Jordan Peterson gets all, all sad and he starts sounding like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, it's really good. It ain't to easy yeah, being I, green. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was good, though. Because it, it, like, he's right, though. Music, I, I don't think music has ever affected me emotionally like anything else has. Like, even a, even a movie... Like, I mean, I'm usually not a very sappy guy, but even like if I'm thinking of a movie that really like hit me emotionally, it was almost always probably the music in the movie that did that. Hmm. Yeah, this, yeah, the the visual is one thing, but it's the music that, yeah, the visual takes you to the door and the music opens it. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's a beautiful thing. I love hearing Jordan um, uh, talk, you know, he's, he's he's a, um, yeah, another another person I'd love to meet. Just an interesting character, and he he, he it's like he, he just wants to bring out the best in you, and, and that's a beautiful thing. And when you hear him being emotional, there it's it's, it's such a such a, a loving and genuine thing. And I I love that. I think it's fantastic. And um, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, hearing him talk about, it, I can think um, bringing it onto the precipice, onto right onto that edge. You know, I I know that feeling. Um, yeah, I've been there not too many times. I haven't played live in such a long time, um, but there is something. There's playing for me anyway. Playing music, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's that that feeling. It's just such a beautiful soul tingling kind of sensation and feeling. But when you're doing it live and you've got people that that truly listen, because I, I used to do a lot of open mics, you know, you just go to a pub and you're just in a corner playing something and no one's really listening because they're just there. You're, you're the background noise to what's going on in the pub. Mm. Uh, but just playing and having people really listen. Um, yeah, it's a different thing completely. Um, I said it's music is the soul of life. 
I had I had something I was going to stay, say, but it just slipped my mind as I was yeah talking about Jordan Peterson. That would happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> happens yeah. to me all the uh, time. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I I've only played. I mean, I've I think I've done maybe three or four live. I I did a lot of theater from going back from elementary school to high school and college. I was a lead role in a bunch of different theatrical productions, and I was always in my opinion, did better at the funnier ones, the comedic ones. But um, yeah. the, I've, uh, as far as music goes, I've only played, I played percussion, I played bongos once, and then and then I played uh, drums twice in two different live shows, you know, just to fill in for somebody. And um, yeah, it's a whole different feeling than playing music live. It's a whole different feeling than acting live on the stage, for sure. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Um one song, just coming back to kind of uh, what Jordan says, where you know, just that kind of sensation, that feeling that you get. There's there's a few of my tunes that that bring out that feeling and that emotion in me, and one of them in particular is called "I Try," and I I don't know why I can't explain it, but there's just something about this particular tune. It was um, it's a, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, I I can't explain it. For, for me, one of the things I have thought of is that I've I've had a lot of cheap. Uh, equipment, cheap instruments and things, and um, you know, uh, my my bass guitar. I love it. It's uh, is a Vox bass, Vox standard bass. It's nineteen eighty one, eighty two, that kind of era. Um, I bought that for twenty quid uh, uh, off of Gumtree. Uh, beautiful instrument. Uh, and not long after buying that, I think that was when that Mountain Life song that I sent you. Um, I just I plugged in the bass and I just that was one recording. I just started playing it and that that became that song. Um, but a lot, a lot of my equipment has been cheap, not in terms of price, but in terms of quality. And I remember uh, saving up for ages to buy my Martin guitar. And <clears throat> I think at the time it was retailing for 1100 I had about six or £700 worth of savings. And I checked Gumtree out of curiosity for the guitar. And it was a two-month-old advert. And my it was for sale for the exact amount of my savings at that time. Uh, so I, I contacted the guy and I was like, oh, do you still have this guitar? He's like, oh yeah, I have it. And I went around there and I got there. Uh, <laughs> and it was funny. He was like, oh, I've had to spray the case because, you know, it was stinking a bit of weed. And I'm like, oh man, if I'd known that, I would have brought some, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and had a, had a jam with a guy uh, yeah. back then. And it was, um, it's such a beautiful instrument. And f- for me, it's, it's, it's a simple thing, but it's, it's, you know, it's that kind of connection where um, it's a sad story for him because he'd lost his job uh, and he, he was having to sell off his instruments just to make ends meet. Um, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, and he really loved this guitar. And he, you know, when I was leaving, he just turned around to me and says, look, take good care of her. And I was like, don't worry, man, I will. Uh, and I do every time I play this, you know, I rub it down. I look after it, you know, I, I, I thrash it because it's built for playing on, but I look after it. And, um, one of the first times I recorded, uh, I think with my new microphone at the time, uh, was that I Try song. And I don't know, is it a combination of, um, it's just, everything just seemed to gel at that time. I think my, my, my mindset, um, what I was trying to do with recording, I was trying to record my, my bongo or djembe at the time, you know, all, all these kind of things. I was just, everything was a practice. And it just all gelled well together. And when I hear that song, for me personally, on an emotional level, it's just something that really, um, uh, it, it touches me. Uh, yeah, uh, you're talking about Mountain Life? 
or I try. Uh, oh no, well that that as well, but no, this I try song. Yeah, um, that was a yeah, good one. It's just yeah. I, I'm I gonna, I'll put both of those at the end of the uh, episode so people can listen. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Now, it's just it you said tw- uh, not to backtrack too far, but you said twenty quid. Yeah. What's a, how much is a quid worth as opposed? Oh, to uh, as like a, a dollar. Yeah, twenty pounds. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, so pound. Yeah, so yeah, it would have been yeah twenty dollars or whatever the exchange rate is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what what do you have? Um, what twenty bucks? That's what you would say, wouldn't it? Twenty bucks. Yeah, I was. What's a? I think a pound is worth more than a dollar right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, that, you know that kind of general. It's like one point three dollars, maybe. One point three five United States dollars is a pound. So yeah. All right. Cool. That was close. That was a good guess. Yeah, <laughs> but I love this basically. You know, again, most of my uh, equipment and things over the years, because I never had anyone to show me this stuff. I never had anyone to, you know. Again, growing up, I had zero musical mates, zero musical influence. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy magazines, I didn't watch any music shows or anything. So all of this kind of stuff, I've had to learn um, a snippet here and there. I mean, my my music software, I still don't even know how to fully work that. Uh, and I remember when what are you using? <laughs> Uh, I use um, uh, Cakewalk by Bandlab um, currently. Uh, oh. I used to use. Um, mm. I mean, I've 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 been that I've I've always used Cakewalk. So uh, my first uh, doll was a uh, Cakewalk Guitar Tracks Two that I bought out of um, a shop called PC World. Um, I think it was like probably forty or fifty quid or something. I'm not sure. And I, I was like, wow, finally I can record something awesome. Because before then, when I tried to record. Um, uh, and I remember, sorry, sorry just to uh, another another tangent. No, well, uh, when because yeah, I'm I'm self-taught to an, an extent, and when I when I started school after I was at school for a, a while, um, I ended up getting guitar lessons for I think it was like forty minutes a week, which is not much, uh, but at least it gave you some type of structure. And the first guitar teacher I had, lovely guy, okay guitarist, but not a particularly good teacher. Um, and I remember uh, I had an old, um, I can't remember what it's called now, an old tape recorder. Um, uh, you know, it was, um, yeah, one of the old cas- uh, cassette tape recorders. Uh, just had a, a I used to have so much fun with those things. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. And I, I, uh, I was so happy because uh, I managed to get two somehow. I don't know where the other one came from, but I, I got uh, two of them. And this was my first experience of multi-tracking. I, I recorded myself playing a tune. I'm sure it was um, uh, uh, House of the Rising Sun arpeggios. Um, I recorded one one track, uh, and then I played that back and pushed record on the other machine. And I multi- and I'd done that three oh, or four wow. times. And I multi-tracked myself. And I didn't even I didn't even know what the term was. I didn't even know anything of it. It's just it just came to me, you know, I just tried it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really cool idea, you know. Um, yeah, oh, that's so this. cool because oh, wow, really? it's like what I've, you know, I'm, right now I have a Boss RC3 loop pedal, which I haven't used in forever. But oh. I, you know, it's the, you just tote, you tap it, and it starts recording. You tap it again, and it's still recording, but it starts back at the beginning. Oh, yeah, so I'd you, love to get a loop pedal. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's that same idea. But I just, I, that's something that I never would have even thought to do. That's like pretty ahead of its time i think doing a <laughs> with just two tape recorders doing that that's pretty cool man <laughs> yeah and I'd, I'd again you know i had no idea that that kind of thing even existed you know in, in my mind it's like wow i just made this up who is awesome <laughs> yeah you kind of did yeah uh, uh, that's, that's yeah really and, awesome. uh, 
I, I took it into my guitar teacher and I was like, wow, look what I made up. And he's just like, yeah, right. Okay, cool. Whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what a dick. But yeah, I, I, yeah, but I loved that. But then, you know, he left the school for whatever reason. And I think quite a few months went by and then a proper classical guitarist came to school. Um, and again, I had the opportunity to have a 40 minute lesson uh, once a week. And you had to kind of audition for it. Well, at the start, everyone had to audition. And because I'd been teaching myself guitar anyway, I knew how to play some chords and things. And I was really passionate. I was like, no, I'm going to make it in this damn class because I want to play. And I got chosen because they only had so many spaces available. Uh, so I got chosen and I was asked, do I want to play classical or do I want to play electric? And for whatever reason, even now, I was just like, I'll play classical. And I don't know why, because I didn't know either. You know, I, I didn't listen to electric. I didn't listen to classical. I just decided to choose classical. And I'm glad that I did. Um, uh, so I used to get classical lessons for 40 minutes a week um, and I'd give given music to take away and learn um, and I was never very good at sight reading I could read within a certain um, range so you know up to maybe a mid E or something on the like you know, the the E on the fifth uh, string, uh, sorry, the E on the fifth fret on the first string. You know, I could read maybe music up to that kind of scale, and uh, you know, down to the open E uh, on the sixth string. I could read in between that on guitar, but anything out of that range, you know, I was lost. And I managed to kind of bluff my way through so many lessons because I would just hear something and I would keep playing it until I I figured it out in my own mind. Uh, and I suppose for other people, it looked like I was reading this entire piece, but I wasn't. I was just playing it because I knew what it sounded like. Uh, and I was playing it by memory, um, which isn't the best way to learn, I suppose. But that's just how I did. It was a struggle for me to, to sight read outside that kind of parameter. Um, yeah, but it was yeah. fun. Now, I was, I never could read, uh, I never could read music. Like I, I tried learning it in band and stuff. And so I just stayed to percussion. Cause like I, my brain just couldn't. I no matter what I was trying, it's like I don't understand what I'm looking at as sheet music. Like I just, I didn't make any sense to me. I, I've always been more play by ear, and uh, that's a lot of that's why I've I've never been able to play a stringed instrument. Period. I could, I can't play a guitar or anything like that. Uh, I can play yeah. piano decent. I mean, I know chords on piano and I can tinker around, but even that, I'm not great at. Yeah, I'm kind of the same with piano as well. I can tinker around, um, but yeah, not much. But even, even guitar, like I I, uh, I remember digging out a piece of music uh, a long time ago now, but I, I couldn't read it properly in a way that I used to be able to, this sort of practice. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of the times it's just done by sound, by feel and memory, uh, really. I just feel like, you know, this is, this is it's just something that comes naturally. Um, you know, I, I spent many thousands of hours probably uh over over my youth especially um playing guitar because of when especially when when i moved to scotland as a kid um uh you know i was it was funny because my parents are scottish i was born in england and i don't know if you know of it but you know there's there's still that kind of racist divide between england and scotland which is just it's, it's so stupid honestly braveheart crazy. <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. freedom Fuck you! They can take you know, our exactly. lives. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's just that uh, thing that's uh, you know, it's it's built in with some people and it's generations old. And in England, I was considered Scottish, so some people would try and take the piss out of me, but they wouldn't really succeed much. Um, uh, but then it was different when I came to Scotland. Uh, I had a very strong English accent, and. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, yeah, I was I was you know new to the area. Um, uh, you know, didn't have any friends, and I'd already moved around a few times. You know, so it was a combination of within just a couple of years we'd moved house a few times. My parents had just split. We came up to Scotland with my mum, and you know, having to put up with a, a lot of the shit from uh, from you know kind of kids being kids, uh, but being kind of you know it was a it was a combination of um, I either had to fight or run. Uh, and often it was run because they wouldn't be on their own or they would be in large group. You know, it was, oh, wow. it was um, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was just stupid, but, um, you know, looking at it, it kind of, um, it helped me to understand, uh, psychology a bit as well, based on my own experiences, you know, so just for the sake of being English, you know, people would want to fight you. Uh, and if they were in a big group, you know, he, what are you going to do? You know, pfft. You know, you have to run because, you know, I'm not karate kid. I'm not going to take on six or seven people. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but when they're on their own, you know, that's a different kettle of fish. Uh, you're like, okay, you know, you want to, what did you just say to me? You know, it's, yeah, it makes it sound like I'm an antagonistic person. But no, I'm not, you know, but it's, it's a different kind of thing. Um, but they wouldn't often start anything when they're on a, in a small group. But anyway, enough of that. It's the, yeah. the, the reason why I mentioned that is because um, that was where, uh, uh, that practice time came in for guitar because, you know, do I want to go out there and either fight or run? I mean, it wasn't always the case. You know, a lot of times I was out mucking around with my friends and, you know, still climbing trees and trying to make money by selling stuff. You know, we were very entrepreneurial, my uh, my friend and I. You know, we'd go to the ice cream van that came around uh, and we'd buy like a, a, a whole case of sweets off of him. And I remember we'd, we'd make um, little boards with string that we'd wrap around our neck and lay these sweets out and we'd go knocking on doors like, you know, you want to buy a sweet 20p or, you know, whatever else. Just <laughs> anything to make some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've done a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so a lot of that time was spent at home playing guitar or computer games, but mostly it was guitar because um, until I discovered computer games and then that event, that slowly, slowly, slowly started to creep up on my guitar playing. Um, but yeah, so I put in a lot of hours playing guitar really at that kind of age. Um and it was it was it was my way, I suppose, of uh, of coping with what was going on uh, in my life. Because um, you know, when when my parents split, um, we were banned from seeing my dad. We weren't allowed to see my dad. You know, it was a very um, as kids, we were we were we were used, not so much used, uh, bad choice of word, but we were. Um, it wasn't a great split between my parents, put it that way, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we, we kind of experienced a lot of the horridness as kids, you know, my siblings and I. Uh, and, you know, so guitar for me became a, a coping mechanism, I suppose. Um, you know, it was there to help me with, make me happy. It was there to, when I'm sad, you know, it, it was it was my friend in many ways, um, really. Uh, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I uh, think some of the best... It's music I've never like published or shared or anything, but I think some of the best music I've made has been in times like, uh, like you know, heartbreak or uh, yeah, yeah. That's when that's when like you really put your soul into it and stuff. And yeah, it is. It's yeah. like a great thing to. Uh, it's a great outlet, uh, not just creatively but emotionally for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a hard thing because I've I've always played guitar. You know, I've I've had breaks in my life, especially now with kids and uh, work and everything. And 
it is a hard thing for me uh, because my, my guitar has always been my outlet. It's always been there for me to create and just, um, you know, some people like to go to the pub and have a drink. You know, I like to play some music. Um, and when you when you don't have the outlet, it's, it's um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I had more time to spend playing music, but uh, that's life. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you so you got you got a young kid now as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. great though. Uh, uh, yeah, your priorities. But yeah, it's definitely, oh, it's definitely yeah. a time suck, uh, and I'm sure it's going to become even more so as uh, once he starts mo- being able to move around. I'll really be able to take my eyes off. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the song. Look, well, the the great song "Look Up" that you did. I'll also put at the end of the show, but I'm. Curious, does that mean you guys have uh, you guys are getting sprayed with the chemtrails there too? I'm assuming. Um, yeah, it was. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yes, it's been uh, it's been happening for years. I mean, I wrote that song. I think it's over a decade ago. Um, uh, I'm sure. I mean, there, there's a. I have two versions on my YouTube channel. One is the original one. It's. Um, I, I keep it there. It's. It's. Um, I actually listened to it for the first time in ages the other day. And, you know, I'm laughing away as I'm hearing it because the recording, you know, my musical ability at the time, my singing especially, was uh, was nothing what it is just now. Um, uh, and I'm still, you know, I'm not primarily a singer. I sing and I like to sing, but it's not my, um, you know, I had to work really hard. Guitar, I seem to pick up more naturally, uh, whereas my singing required a lot of work. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I, I feel yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I, just, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't sing anything without sounding like a like a like Jack Black does or something. Where it's just like it's like I can I can kind of hit the notes, but it's it just all sounds goofy as hell when I sing. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like that at times as well. Uh, but it helps. But I also like to goof around, which helps. Um, you know. So I, yeah, I like just chucking out random. That's you know that video I shared from today. <laughs> I've been putting on that dodgy accent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you I like driving, to goof around. Where were you driving to when you filmed that? Oh, uh, I, I was just uh, uh, driving around for work uh, earlier. Uh, yeah, I had oh, to okay. go drop something off. Yeah, I just had to go and drop something off. So it's just sometimes just to to uh, um, you know kill the the boredom uh, or the, uh, the you know being on your own kind of thing. You know, just every now and then I would just scream out some type of song or come out with something like that. Uh, yeah. Just whatever was on my mind, you know, I'd stop yeah. for a while. I'd check my Twitter feed and I'd be like, "God, look at that bollocks! Oh, not again!" And you know, and then a thought would come, and that's kind of pretty much what happened when I recorded that kind of thing. Just the idiocy of it, really. Uh, you know, you have to laugh. You have to laugh at these people. But anyway, Did back you- to look up. Sorry, because <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing it again. I'm yeah, uh, very good at drifting off. Um, uh, yeah, um, I remember I was working. Um, one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was through an agency. But it was working for the SQA, which was the Scottish Qualifications Authority. And <clears throat> it was just a menial, menial job, you know, minimum wage. Um, this was before I met my wife, before, you know, I was, I was young and free and, uh, oh, wrong phrase of words, but, you know, I was young. I didn't have any worry. I didn't have any obligations or anything like that. Um, uh, so, you know, I'd work. Uh, uh, I'd buy weed with my my wage. I'd meet up with some mates. We'd smoke and play computer games, and that was my existence at the time. And listening to you know what was kind of going on, uh, and um, yeah, you know, I can't remember actually 
The very first time I ever heard of a chemtrail, I have no idea where that came from. I have no idea. But I started to notice it. And, you know, it's one of those things I've, I've asked myself this question many times is, um, have they always been there from my childhood and I've never noticed it until someone points it out? Or is it a new thing? And I ask myself that is because I don't want to fall into that trap of, you know, that conspiracy theory type, uh, you know, because it's, it's important to ask yourself these kind of questions, you know, um, uh, to find out. But I started to see the skies getting sprayed all the time. Uh, and I started to hear people talking about it. And I watched uh, those documentaries, um, what in the world are the spraying and why in the world are the spraying. Yep. Interesting. And, I, that I one and, and Frankenskies too. Frankenskies was a good one. All right. I haven't seen that, uh, but they're interesting. And, um, you know, uh, I, yeah, I, I remember trying to speak to people around me at the time, uh, you know, that I worked with, uh, and not a single one cared. They didn't want to pay any attention uh, at all, really. And, yeah, the the thought for, for writing that song, uh, yeah, look up to the skies, uh, can you see the white lines? You know, that's what I was trying to tell people, look look at these lines. And they're like, oh, that's normal, that's normal. And I said, look, I guarantee you, See that line? That's going to disappear behind the plane because, you know, that's the contrail, you know, this kind of thing. And then this one, I guarantee you within half an hour, that whole sky is going to be white. And it turns out to be the case. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, again, it, it comes to that thing. And, you know, even now, Bill Gates and other people have talked openly about this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they're using probably a different terminology. Uh, Stratospheric aerosol it's, injections. It's, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's aluminum to block out the sunlight to keep the earth from heating up. You're like, hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny because um, uh, you know, um, I started. Uh, you know, Twitter is my main social media kind of thing, you know, and I love it as much as it's a as the platform, you know, is has its good and its bad. But I love it because it's allowed. You know, I've I've met a, a, a an amazing bunch of people on there uh, uh, through Twitter, um, and I yeah, I put off trying social media uh yeah i'd always been like you know social media i, I don't want to bother with that kind of thing and i put it off for ages until just a few years back um and yeah a bunch of lovely guys but now i see more and more people pointing out chemtrails and they're, you know, they're, they're taking videos and photos and i used to do that when i first started noticing it so when i see someone you know do that kind of thing i would i would go into my youtube i'd do a copy and paste and i was like yeah you know I wrote a song about this over 10 years ago. Check it out. You know, uh, that recording isn't 10 years old. Uh, I think the other one is. But, you know, the song was written that kind of length of time ago. Um, and it's about, yeah, f for me, I suppose it's one of my favorite songs for a variety of reasons. But it's talking about, um, it explains, you know, that we, we, we need to come together. You know, it's, it's, it's I, my favorite part of that song um I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a middle eight. It's, it's not a typical song structure. You know, it, it doesn't start off verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus. It's not that kind of thing. Um, so I, I have no idea what you would call it. Again, you know, I pick up an instrument and I can play it. But in terms of terminology and stuff, I'm, I'm not the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a song that would be like that. Um, there's a song called Deer Tick. Or sorry, a song by the band. <laughs> there's a song by the band Deer Tick. Called uh, uh, what's the name? The Great Smoke Off, I think, and it's just about this. <laughs> this uh, it's like you know, like a Western style showdown about a guy that can smoke joints faster than anybody, and they he runs into this girl that can roll joints faster than anybody, and they <laughs> like they 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 do a there's 
go to Yankee Stadium and the audience is there to see who if if she can roll them faster than he can smoke them and vice versa. And it doesn't have a chorus. It just you know it tells a story, start to finish, and there's there's not any like repeated lines like a typical song. So yeah, I, I, right. I get uh, yeah. I don't know what you would call that. Oh, uh, pass. I'm sure if, you know if anyone's listening that's musically minded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know there's uh, one guy that I, I follow on Twitter. Uh, his hand was, I think it's Rids42, if I remember right. Uh, his name is Ian. Yeah, he's fantastic knowledge-wise with regards to music and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. If he's listening, um, if not, I'll, I'll message him later. It's like, what do you call this kind of song? Um, because I'm sure he'd know the answer to that kind of thing. Yeah, a lovely guy that knows a lot of this kind of stuff. Was it Ritz? R-I-T-Z? R-I-D-S, 42, I think. I think that's his um, Twitter handle. Answer to all life. Forty-two. Uh, is yeah, it thirty-two? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I I found yeah. him. I'll give him a follow. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, forty-two is the answer to all life and you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right. Is it? I thought it was thirty-two. Is it forty-two? Thirty-two? No, I can't remember actually. I haven't seen it, but I've, yeah, I love that set of books. Uh, the film was such a disappointment. Well, that's another thing. But yeah, yeah, that's they. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, that makes um. It's hard to make. Uh, I usually read books after I see the movie, instead of the other way around because it's impossible. <laughs> if you love a book, it's impossible to make a movie as good as the book was. Yeah. Whereas if you like a movie and you go back and read the book, the book will add so much more. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Not I've had everyone that I've ever spoken to about that subject or the other way around. You're the only person I've ever now spoken to that has the same kind of thing. I always love to watch the film first and then read the book for that reason, because I don't want my illusion spoiled because you're watching a film, you know, to be enthralled in that illusion. Uh, and I don't want that spoiled by, Oh, that's not right. They never done it this way. And that's the wrong thing. And you know, yeah. Um, and they, yeah, and they left absolutely. this out and they left that out. Where if you go, yeah, but, but then if you have, if you have seen the movie and you read the book, you have so much more to work with, uh, Oh, so much yeah, more, absolutely. so much more backstory when you read the book. Yeah, so yeah, I think they I think did that with almost <laughs> they did that with what? Uh, with Hitchhikers, I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was yeah, I was really into Hitchhikers: Guide to the Galaxy. Like the the, the 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 set of five books. The first one I read of that was mostly harmless, uh, and I read it and I was like, wow, that's a really cool book. Okay, I'll start at the beginning, and I started working my way through through them, and I've read my way through them lots of times over the years although not for a long time. And my friend and I, actually, when we were young, um, probably teenagers, late teenagers, maybe early 20s, um, during, an, during a session one night, um, we were talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and we wrote down a cast list. We thought, if there was ever going to be a film of this, this is who we think should play these characters. Um, yeah, we wrote that down. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I think I only ever read the first book of Hitchhiker's. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I wasn't much of a reader, uh, uh, apart from comics and things, but even then, not much. But just typically, I wasn't much of a reader growing up as a kid. Um, just, I never took to it. It wasn't until I was an adult. Um, I think the first set of serious books I started to read, adult books, were by Michael Crichton. And it was like, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, House of the Rising Sun, the film, the books that have been made into films and other things. And then, um, I think The Hitchhiker's Guide might have been the first set of uh, fiction that I started reading. Uh, and then my friend was writing to Robert Rankin. Uh, oh, 
you know, weird and beautiful and wacky uh, humour. Uh, Terry Pratchett has, has uh, quoted by saying that Rankin is the only guy that, well, I don't know about the only, but it's one of the you know, one of the few guys that can make him laugh or something like this. Um, I've, I've read, I think, all of Terry Pratchett's Discord books. I think I've got almost all of them. Uh, same with Robert Rankin. Uh, but my favourite set of books, sorry, we'll come back to the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favourite set of books all time are by Raymond E. Feist and... Uh, the first book is called Magician. And I remember one of my friends uh, had been on me for years. He's like, you have to read these books. They're, they're, they're bloody awesome. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was never much of a reader. And I seen, I was in a charity shop one time and one of the books was there. And it was the, I think the fourth in the series, which was the first part of this trilogy, I think. Uh, I can't quite recall. Um so it was, it was good as a standalone book, um, you know, because there's, there's, I think, close to 30 books in the entire series of books. The Rift and War Saga, I've is read, that it? Yeah, yeah, the Rift War Saga. That's that's just one trilogy of it. And, there's, you know, there's there's so many. There's I think there's close to 30 of them all together. Oh, wow. Um, and I've read them all the way through, you know, four or five times at least. Um, and, you know, I've read them. And one job when I was working, uh, yeah, when I, one job I had years ago, um, it allowed me a lot of time to just sit and read. And that was where uh, I started to think about that Look Up song, as well as the Climate Gate uh, agenda, the, the Climate Gate emails at least released, but that's a yeah, yeah. subject for another time. Um, I started working my way through those emails because I had the time to do it. But I started reading uh, those Raymond E. Feist books. So I read that first part of the trilogy. I think I read that trilogy first, and then I went and started back at Magician. Uh, and yeah, and they're the most epic set for me the most epic set of books ever and I read it all the way through and then I read it all the way through again and I think before I even touched another book I'd read it at least three times all the way through that series it was just just an epic story uh it really was you know it's um kings queens dwarfs magic world time gods illusions it's it's just but done in such a beautiful story that's all intertwined um and it really allowed it really opens up your mind to think about uh, different things. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I can't describe it enough. If, if you're into books and fantasy fiction kind of stuff, and if yeah. you've never read these before, you know, check them out. Anyone that's listening, check them out. There are. I'm amazing. a big Lord of the Rings fan, so this sounds right up my alley. I hadn't heard of it. I had to get oh, in yeah. on it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a different kind of thing from Lord of the Rings, um, which is awesome as well. I've, I've only read that once. I think Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, and they made they did a comic book adaptation of this too. All right, of Lord of the Rings. No, of the book uh, Magician. All oh, right, okay. Oh, I don't know about that one. Um, actually, um, <clears throat> I haven't. I'm still. I'm still um, all read up. Uh, I haven't even finished. I don't think a full novel since I finished reading that set of series a long time ago. I've started working my way through a few different things, but I've just, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's blew my mind. What can I say? <laughs> I need a little while longer to prepare. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, would you recommend starting with Magician? Is that the first in the series? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would start with Magician. It's the very first one in the series. You know, you can start with uh, the one that I started with. Um, it was. Um, oh, I can see the cover in my mind, but I can't remember the name of it. I need to Google it to check. But yeah, start with Magician. It's the very first one in the book, uh, in the series, and it, it's worth it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Got to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Mm, but, yeah. But yeah um, sorry. 
Uh, yeah, you're talking what else? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say uh, earlier. Is I talk to older people, uh, you know, in their 80s and 90s, especially mm-hmm. when my when we moved to Tennessee from Ohio to take care of my granddad before he passed. Uh, like all his neighbors, you know, were about his age in their 90s, and you know, without even bringing it up, a lot of them would say, like, planes didn't used to leave those trails like that, that stay up in the sky all day. And they didn't know anything about mm. chemtrails, but they would they would notice that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah, and I, I love that, yeah. That's, that's an interesting data point. Yeah, and it's cool that the fact that they didn't know about that, and that just, a thought just popped into my mind with, with the, you know, all the Rona bullshit. Um, a similar kind of thing, you know, I've, I've spoken to uh, um, numerous doctors and nurses and people that work within those departments, uh, you know, the virus departments. Um, and without them knowing my reasoning behind questioning, you know, I've just questioned and if, you know, so many of them have just like, oh yeah, it's so dead, it's so quiet and blah, 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 blah. You know, throughout, you know, a long time ago when, when we were supposed to have this massive tirade of people, uh, you know, keeling over kind of thing. Well, yeah. that's another thing entirely here. Yeah, I'm drifting off again. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Those those old guys uh, with the chemtrails, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite songs for a variety of reasons. Especially, I love the let's call it the middle eight part. It's I know past. I've no idea. A coda. I don't know. I I used to know these terms when I studied classical music because I had to know them. Uh, and back then, you know, we'd have to listen to a um, an orchestra and we'd have to pick apart every instrument and the key that they played in and all that kind of stuff and. You know, I'd done it. I struggled with it. It wasn't my favorite thing. You know, I just wanted to play. That's why I took music at school. I was like, you know, yeah, this is cool and stuff. But, you know, I just just let me in the music room and let me just play stuff. <laughs> I actually, I really wanted to play the drums as well. And I asked and I got refused so many times by the music department. It's like, no, we're not letting you play the drums. I don't know why. So, That's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, pass. But I don't know, maybe because I was concentrating on guitar or something. I have no idea. Um, and I used to... Uh, spend a lot of my lunch times at school in the music department because, again, the school that I went to, um, it was a pretty shitty school in the sense of uh, it was a very disruptive school, I felt. You know, the classrooms were very disruptive by the pupils and things like this. You know, a lot of them shouting and screaming at the teachers, spitting on their backs and this kind of stuff. Um, It wasn't the most pleasant of places. And me being English there, uh, it didn't help. So, again, it was one of those situations I'd have to run or fight um, uh, and so I just I just spent a lot of time in the music department you know, during lunch times. So I go go and get my lunch somewhere, and then just go and sit in the music department. And I used to, I would say sneak, but you can't really sneak into a drum room. But I used to sneak into the drum room with a couple of pencils, and I'd sit at the drums, and I'd very lightly just play them with my pencils. Uh, you know, and this is where the teachers used to sit. They used to sit at the bottom of this. It was an actual small. You used house. pencils uh, just so that, like the that way it wouldn't make too much noise. Uh, yeah, and because there were no drumsticks around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just grabbed some pencils and just started playing the drums. And I remember one teacher kind of came storming up one time, opened the door, like, you know, threw the door open to find out who was there. And I'm, I'm standing there, or sitting there with my pencils, like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm only playing the drums. <laughs> and it just kind of just looked at me and turned around and walked away. And I'm like, all right, cool, okay. And I just carried on playing. And I really wanted to play the drums. Uh, I can play them now um, a bit. You know, I can keep a beat and things like that. I don't play, but I can play. Yeah, that's me. That's the extent of it. Because I, I used, I took drum lessons and owned a drum set and was really into it from the ages of maybe eight to twelve, or eight to eleven. And then from, I I didn't get another drum set and 
from being 11 until I was maybe tw uh, 25, so recently. Right. And uh, so I took, yeah. you know, the better over a decade, <clears throat> only touched a drum set when I'd be like jamming with somebody over at their house, maybe once every six months or so, off and on throughout that time. So I definitely lost a lot of the uh, fancy stuff I could do, but I can still easily keep a beat. That part's kind of like riding a bike. I can, you know, play, you know, standard standard drum uh, yeah, and boom, boom, boom. yeah, yeah, and I and I I can do stuff a little a little, little more fancy than that, but I, yeah, um, <laughs> but but it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. I think it's you you never really once you like know how to actually play drums, you can pretty much do it now. Like the double kick pedal, heavy metal, like like fast stuff. Oh yeah, I've lost the muscle memory to in my feet to do what I could used to be able to do so I'm trying to get back into that now now that I have an electric kit but all right cool I've never tried a double uh, a double kit I'm guessing uh, does that that must wear on the muscle uh yeah quite a bit you got it yeah uh, anyway, if you listen to like uh it's crazy if you listen to some of these metal bands like Whitechapel and stuff like this and uh, I can't think of some of the heavy metal bands that my uh or death metal bands that some of my friends listen to it's insane how fast they can use those like the two the two kicks back and forth to where it's literally sounds like and it's like whoa <laughs> uh, yeah i've heard of it. actually I've, that's, I've been curious of that because I've, it's one of those things i've never checked uh so a double kick pedal when you when you press the pedal and one beater goes down when you lift the pedal does the other one go down does it work in a kind of cycle motion is it a... you know there might be ones like that and that would maybe explain how crazy it is uh, that these guys do it if, maybe if they have two drums but what the one i'm talking about is you have two kick pedals and they both hit the same drum but it's one down and that's what it doesn't hit it again when you lift your foot up right so it's just two pedals hit that both have a uh both hit the same the same uh bass drum right yeah yes some of the, some of the Another thing about metal bands is the vocal endurance that uh, those guys have to have, the oh. screamo stuff. It's, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know how they don't just fry their vocal cords in the first month of touring and just never be able to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, the only band I've ever been in, or say kind of been in, um, was uh, as a heavy metal singer. Uh, I just, I seen an advert somewhere as a heavy metal singer you know, for this band, and I was like, yeah, why not? I'll give it a bash. <laughs> it was when I used to sing a lot more, so I was a lot more practiced than I am now, uh, and I could hit a better range probably than I can. I, well, I, I you're going to have to send me something from that band so I can listen to it. Uh, well, sure. nothing exists. You know, I wasn't, nah. I wasn't there for very long because, <laughs> I, you. you know, because I realized that, like, you know, one of the guys, the guitarist, they were, they were nice people, but one of the guys I felt was a bit of a dick. And I'm like, you know, it was a bit too dictatorial with his, with his, uh, you know, you know, when, when I would, I'd, I'd rather be in a band, uh, or in a, a duo, an accompaniment or whatever with people that are open minded and, and want to create and, you know, push limits and, you know, just, you know, if, if, uh, maybe not a crude example, but if, you know, if you want to fart into a microphone just to see what it sounds like, you know, you go ahead. You know, I'm I'm open to suggestions. Of, <laughs> I've done you know, that before. Uh, <laughs> a bit of echo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, um, but yeah, that kind of thing. And also, at the time, you know, I was like, you know, I don't want to fuck up my voice. You know, I didn't sing enough. I wasn't practiced enough anyway. And I was just like, no. But one of the cool thing, the best thing out of that was one time um, we done a system of a down cover. And at uh, that time, my I was really into, 
They're so good. Ah, I love them. Yeah, at that time especially, I was really into System of a Down. Um, and I really, you know, I was on it, on it, the band, I said, look, can we do Toxicity? Like, I love it. It's one of my favourite songs by them. It's like, I want to be able to do this. And, you know, this guy was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, you dick. But, you know, he he wanted really to try this other System of a Down song. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, at least I'm singing a System of a Down song. And they played it perfectly and I sang it. And it was such a cool thing because we were in a, we were in a practice room and we started to have people from all over the practice room come in and start listening to us. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's so cool. I'm singing the system of a down song. These guys are playing it. And just all these, it's like everyone did down tools to come and listen to us. I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> it was oh, a really yeah. cool feeling. Um, I think it was Atwa. I think, is that? That was the name of the song. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, that, hey, you see me, pictures crazy. All the oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Is, it, is that Atwa? I, can't I remember. think so. Maybe not. That's- I know the lyrics. I know the lyrics you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's uh, those guys are awesome. I like Cigaro. Uh, yeah. My cock uh, is oh, much yeah. bigger than yours. My cock <laughs> yeah. can walk right through the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when, uh, um, uh, yeah, my mate and I used to do a lot of gaming, World of Warcraft, and other things, but especially World of Warcraft back in the day. Um, uh, you know, we used to uh, smoke a lot. We'd we'd have like, um. I think we'd have <laughs> we'd have the same CD that was on repeat for months and months and months on end. Just the same section of songs that we decided to to have on. <laughs> so we'd listen to the same stuff literally for months on end. Oh, so you'd be and gaming in the, the same. You'd be in the same room gaming. Oh yeah, you know, like because uh, that was the thing is, uh, yeah, he had a flat in Edinburgh, uh, and I had my PC. I was still staying at my mum's at the time, um, so very often uh, I would just you know I'm away to my mates for. X amount of time, uh, I would just unplug my P- my PC got moved so many times between those two addresses. You know, I'd have my my monitor under one arm, my uh, my uh, desktop under the other arm, uh, and just head up to his house, plonk it down. And it was awesome because we were playing World of Warcraft. And other other it's mostly World of Warcraft. And you know, a lot of people chat online with Teamspeak at the time and things. You know, yep. we were sitting right beside. I would each use Teamspeak other, just, uh, for Team Fortress and Battlefield oh, Two. Yeah, Team Fortress. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love Team Fortress. Yeah, yeah the Team so Speak cool. was yeah. the shit. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think it was Shift. We had a we had it hotkeyed to Shift. Uh, yeah, to come on. Well, yeah, Mem- memories I haven't thought things I haven't thought of in years. Um, but yeah, we'd have music on in the background, and that was where I think it was the very first time when I listened to your David Ike podcast, and I was telling you about it at the time. It was at his house playing, I think, World of Warcraft, listening to Kerrang Radio. It was the very first time I ever heard David Ike speak. Um, oh wow! I didn't even know who the guy was. Yeah. Um, it was um, again, you know, sitting at this guy's house, uh, chilling away. What would happen is um, uh, one of us would put would start uh, would set our character to follow the other character. So I'd be running along in this map, and his character would be following me, uh, and he'd roll a joint. And then yeah. uh, you know we used to, we used to just take turns. Yeah. So you know when that one went, it was my turn to roll. So I'd sit and follow him. You know, it was, it was an easy life. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, um, no, we would that do that on uh, RuneScape. Uh, I, I never got into World of Warcraft, but way back in the day, RuneScape uh, I'd do the same thing. You had the follow feature. I, uh, I know the name. I don't know the game. Uh, you're not, it's just it's just point and cl- it's just clicking. That's one thing is like oh, you yeah. you know I, I got like so high to a level on RuneScape and you know killed the dragons and did all this stuff. And I was at a certain point, Caleb and I had put had sunk like I, who knows how many hours into this game over like a five year span. And we both kind of came to this conclusion at some point. It's like, you know, this game is just left-clicking. Like, there's nothing in this game that you do that doesn't involve <laughs> left-clicking on the mouse. 
Like, <laughs> shit. It's just wasting our time on this stupid game. That yeah. reminds me of uh, Broken Sword, the game. That was the first point-and-click game. I think it was the first PC game I ever played, Broken Sword. Yeah. Uh, a similar kind of thing, point-and-click. Um, but Diablo 2, you mentioned RuneScape, made me think, although it's not the same thing, of Diablo uh, and Diablo 2. Um, Those are good. We used to play that a lot. Yeah. yeah, fantastic games. And we used to play that, you know, and again, you have to put in a lot of hours and a lot of time to get the good equipment and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we downloaded the map hack, uh, you know, because we'd, we'd played it already for years uh, and we just wanted to, you know, yeah, reach a certain level. So we downloaded a map hack and it was very clever. And we think that uh, Activision Stroke Blizzard had done this intentionally uh, during the, I think, the update of the World of Warcraft, when World of Warcraft was in its infancy. Um, we think, my mate and I, that they released this map hack or this map hack got released and there's ne- there'd never been any issues with it at all beforehand until this version came out and the amount of accounts that got banned overnight, including ours, because of using this map pack, because technically, you know, it's cheating. Whereas all it did was just show you the map. So you didn't have to spend half an hour running around every single level just to find the stairs down to the next level. You know, you just knew where to go straight away. Right, right. <laughs> you know, if you've been playing it for years anyway, you, you know, um, you know, and that was it. You know, so everyone's uh, account that was using it got banned. Uh, and Damn. I think... It's harsh. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I, I may be wrong, but, uh, you know, we, I th- we think that it was because they were updating um, the World of Warcraft uh, game. And, you know, we were like, oh, let's check this game out. It's like, what? You have to pay a monthly subscription? Oh, man. You know, but we, we <laughs> played the trial. Um, we tried out the trial and, it's like, and that was it. It's like, wow, this game is awesome. You know, and yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. to be a World of Warcraft. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. A, there's a South Park episode about everything. I'm thinking of the World of Warcraft. <laughs> Do you remember the World of Warcraft one? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all oh, they're all playing. It's like mom number two. There's like Cartman's mom comes down and he shits in a pan while she holds the pan <laughs> in his ass. They're just trying to beat the uh, yeah. World of War. Randy's yeah, got like yeah. the the flash drive with the sword. Uh, if we yeah, don't get yeah, this sword to them, it will be the end of the world of Warcraft. Of Warcraft, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good episode that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. My mate and I were never to that extreme. You know, I mean, we were pretty pretty stuck to the chair. You know, I know so a, many a people that were games. yeah, like. That's a game that I'm sure if I would have gotten into it, it would have just been like, just like RuneScape. It would have been the same thing where I just sunk ass so many hours into it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we still I'm, did. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. The MMO stuff is, uh, I did the Elder Scrolls tried to make one that didn't, I've tried it out and it didn't seem very good. The uh, the Elder Scrolls Online tried to make right. their own. I'm more of like, I loved like Oblivion and Skyrim and the Fallout games are great. Yeah. Uh, they try to make the MMO versions of those games, and it, it it seemed like they didn't know what they were doing. The World of Warcraft guys really knew how to make a tight MMO. It seems like, uh, yeah, I have to admit, yeah, it's 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 the best game I've ever played of its type. You know, I I used to play Guild Wars and Guild Wars Two and other things. You know, and I wasn't massively into that type of game. I mean, I was, you know, I drifted from racing games, GTA. I loved all the GTA games. They were awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Running over all the Elvises and then all the people, then you're like, Garanga and all that stuff. It was just, oh, it was just hilarious. And the soundtrack was awesome as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the, yeah I think but, yeah, the game I spent the most time online playing was probably the Left 4 Dead games. I spent, I sunk so much time into Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 online. Yeah. I don't know those ones. They're, uh, Say a Valve, the guys that did like Half Life and uh, Team oh, Fortress yeah. Two and Portal and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Half Life and Portal. There is no cake. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, the cake is a lie. Yeah, oh, the cake is yeah, a lie. Portal Two was yeah, really yeah. fun too. It's, uh, they introduced co-op on that where you play the two robots. 
But oh, uh, nice. Scott, I man, I gotta, I gotta get out of here in a minute. But we definitely have to do this again. I could talk to you all day. Oh yeah, likewise. Yeah, I know. I was, asked, I have to admit, that time's flown by. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I keep, I keep cutting away to you know, yeah, different segments all the time. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, bad I, for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, As, I think that that makes uh, that keeps the conversation fresh. So I do that all the time by accident too. The problem is when I, yeah, when I, uh, when I'm inebriated. I was dead sober for this one, but when I'm inebriated in any way on the podcast, that's when it really gets bad. And I'm like, what were we just talking about? What is it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that brings back memories. Sitting on the sofa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But yeah, but yeah man, uh, thanks very much for, uh, uh, for the time and for the invite and everything else. It's uh, yeah, it's um, greatly appreciated and uh, a great honor to be here. Really, it's um, yeah. Thanks, I man. My podcast, Cherry. This is the first time. Nice. Um, there you go. Yeah. Give you a bell. <laughs> uh, so you. let's do. Uh, yeah, in a month or two, maybe do it again. And uh, yeah, I'll be sure there'll be absolutely. All- all kinds of stuff uh, to talk about by then. And it's uh, at Music uh, by oh Scott. Yeah, no doubt. At Music by Scott with two T's on Twitter. Uh, what's your, uh, the YouTube is Scott Spalding, uh, but it's got like a, I can't remember the backslash. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the username is Eldrak21. So it's E L D R A K 21. Beautiful. And uh, to anybody listening, you're going to hear, uh, look up the second version along with a handful of other songs by Scott here. Some great stuff, and uh, obviously the links to find everything Scott's doing will be in the show notes. Thanks so much, Scott. We'll, no we'll talk Thank soon, you. Man. Thank you for your time. Yeah, have a good night. God bless you, sir. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.
residual We all laugh, love, and cry and fear It's one of the reasons why we are here To learn from our own reality To spread truth and unity One day there will be peace And fear and fighting will cease One day there will be